you know, when you're eight years old and you become king, you don't really know what you're doing. And King Josiah became king when he was eight years old. And look what it says about his kingdom. It's listed in 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 25. Look what it says. It says, never before had there been a king like Josiah who turned to the Lord with all of his heart and soul and strength, obeying all the laws of Moses, and there has never been a king like him since. That's an amazing testimony for a king who reigned 32 years, began when he's eight years old, and it's said that his heart was always turned toward God. It's amazing. There's a reason. And as we have done each week, we try to look at the lives of these kings and try to find the principles and truths of their lives that God wants to speak to our life. Father, speak to us today through the life and the kingdom and the principles of King Josiah. Open up our hearts, Lord, that we would understand your ways and learn from his life. Teach us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. And the very first thing I want to say about King Josiah that's obvious, and that is, and I think God is saying this to us, and that is, our mentors will affect our destiny. There is no way that Josiah didn't have some mentors. He had someone to teach, to train. His father was dead. He was murdered. So he really had no family. But there was, they called him a scribe or a court secretary named Shaphan. And also a priest named Hilkiah. And they took Josiah under their wing. And they began to help him. And they both loved God. And I just want to say that they turned and directed Josiah toward the Lord. And that's what parents, grandparents, you have a responsibility to do. To turn and direct and help children and grandchildren. But maybe, maybe not even your children or grandchildren. God puts you in a position where you will mentor and help and influence other people. It may not be your child. But you will be put into positions in life where you can influence the lives of other people. And that is a precious position. Because the truth of it is, Josiah proves it. Our mentors will change and direct the destiny of our life. Who is speaking into your life? Look, if you would, to Second Chronicles chapter 34. Let's look and see what happens. Verse 1, Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and followed the example of his ancestor David. He did not turn away from doing what was right. During the eighth year of his reign, that would make him 16 years old, while he was still young, Josiah began to seek the God of his ancestor David. Then 
in the twelfth year, so that makes him 20 years old, he began to purify Judah and Jerusalem, destroying all the pagan shrines, the Asherah poles, the carved idols, and the cast images. He ordered that the altars of Baal be demolished, that the incense altars which stood above them would be broken down. He also made sure that the Asherah poles, the carved idols, the cast images were smashed and scattered over the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He burned the bones of the pagan priest on their own altars. So he purified Judah and Jerusalem. And then if you would look at verse 8. Jump down just a little in verse 8. In the 18th year of his reign, after he had purified the land and the temple, Josiah appointed Shaphan, son of Amaziah, Messiah, the governor of Jerusalem, Joah, son of Jehoaz, the royal historian, to repair the temple of the Lord his God. He took action. He made a change in this kingdom. Now, you have to just get a little bit of history. You remember Hezekiah. Well, that was Josiah's great-great-grandfather. And King Hezekiah's son was Manasseh, which would make him the grandfather of Josiah. And here's the interesting thing. Manasseh was one of the wickedest, most evil kings of all. And he served 52 years. He closed the temple. He defiled the temple of God. He put all kinds of false images and false gods and false idols and even put altars to other gods in the temple of the Lord and ordered that all the copies of the Bible, of the the book of the law of God to be burned. He was trying to wipe out all remembrance of God. And then his son, Ammon, only lived two years, and he was murdered. And that was Josiah's father. And the people that murdered Ammon... The people of, and the Israel was so upset, they murdered all of those. And when they did that, they took young Josiah, eight years old, and they made him king. So the reality is, is that Josiah became king at eight years old. But there had not been the word of God, the ways of God. There had been nothing about God for at least 54 years. All remembrance of God had been basically wiped out in their generation. And he was beginning in a situation where people had forgotten all about God. And basically everybody was just doing what they wanted to do. That is not an easy situation to come in. But amazingly, the mentors, those who influenced Josiah, hungered for God. And they hungered for their nation once again to turn back to God. And in influencing Josiah, God touched Josiah's heart. Even at 16. And then at 20. And then it even tells us later, when he's 26 years old, 
he begins to refresh the temple. He begins to tell those Hilkiah, the priest, he says, go into the temple, clean it out, purify it. We're going to get it going again. We're going to honor the Lord. He thought that was just a simple, just a simple command. Little did he know his entire life would change from that simple directive to tell Shaphan that told Hilkiah to go clean out the temple. And that leads us to the second principle, and that is God is at work behind the scenes in your life. I just want you to understand, no matter what you think today, God is at work in your life. You may not be seeing it. You may have some children that are walking away from God, and you've been praying and believing God for their turn back to the Lord, and you don't see any change at all. I just want you to know God is at work. God is at work, and He's at work behind the scenes where you can't see it many times. And I want you to believe with me today that just as Josiah did, just as he was simply doing what he thought was the right thing, that simple command, go clean out the temple, it became more than he realized because one thing began to lead to another. Look what happened. It's in First, excuse me, Second Chronicles chapter 34. Look at verse 14 and 15. While they were bringing out the money collected at the Lord's temple, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord that was written by Moses. Hilkiah said to Shaphan, the court secretary, I found the book of the law in the Lord's temple. Then Hilkiah gave the scroll to Shaphan and jumped down to verse 19. When the king heard what was written in the law, he tore his clothes in despair. Then he gave these orders to Hilkiah, Achiakim, son of Shaphan, Abkor, son of Micaiah, Shaphan, the court secretary, and Asahiah, the king's personal secretary. Go into the temple, speak to the Lord for me and for all the remnant of Israel and Judah. Inquire about the words written in the scroll that has been found for the Lord's great anger has been poured out on us because of our ancestors have not obeyed the word of the Lord. We have not been doing everything this scroll says we must do. He recognized as soon as he heard and read the word of God that his nation had been led down the wrong pathway. But you know, while their nation was going the wrong way, God was at work behind the scenes. Right here in America, God is at work behind the scenes. God is at work behind the scenes. God is working in what a way? He is working in such a way to bring us back to Him. And individually in your home, God is at work in your life and in your children's life and your grandchildren's life. God is at work in their life, setting things up, working behind the scenes to bring them back to God. It wasn't just a simple command, go clean up the temple. God had had somebody at some point during Manasseh's reign to hide that scroll. And it had not been discovered. They thought they had burned them all. But someone hid one. And they found it. 
And when he read that, he began to weep. I, I, just, I have to ask you, how do you respond when you recognize you are doing something wrong that is against God's word? How do you respond? You just say, well, hey, I like doing it. I, I want to do what I want to do. And even though the word of God says I'm not gonna, I shouldn't do it, I'm going to do it anyway. You know, God is looking for people who love him more than their sin. You have to love God more than you love your sin. You've got to say, Lord, I want to do the right thing. I want to honor you with my life. And the word of God is the mirror. We read the word of God and it becomes a mirror. We see ourselves and God reveals who he is and his nature and his holiness. And we need to see that and turn and change. Josiah did that. I I, I was touched as I read how Josiah responded to the word of God. He wept and he, he tore his clothes in repentance and began to make some direction saying, go find out Go find somebody. Find somebody that will speak for God. And they actually found a prophet. It was a woman named Enholda. And they said, what does God say? And they found the word of the Lord through her words. And God spoke to her to come all the way back and speak to Josiah. To say, yes, it's true. I'm just going to paraphrase what she said. She said, it's true, this nation has walked away from God, and this nation will be judged. But because of your heart, because you wept, because you repented, and because you turned, it's not going to happen in your lifetime. God heard his heart. It matters how you respond to God. You know... I have to say, one of the most powerful parts of the story of Josiah is still to come. Because there's some hidden things going on that if you don't, if you don't watch it, you just kind of miss this. You just kind of read right over it. But I want you to see something, and that is God knows your name. Think about it. What if I could tell you God knows your name 300 years before you were ever born. Take that in American history. Our nation was not even a nation 300 years ago. What if God spoke a word and said, your name, that you would do a certain thing and call you by name 300 years before you were ever born? Well, let's see exactly what happened. It's in 2 Kings chapter 23. The king is in the process of doing all the things he, do, he, he knew he should do. Verse 15 says, The king also tore down the altar at Bethel, the pagan shrine that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had made when he caused Israel to sin. He burned down the shrine and ground it to dust. And he burned the Ashereth pole. Then Josiah turned around and noticed several tombs in the side of the hill. He ordered that the bones be brought out, and he burned them on the altar at Bethel to desecrate it. This happened just as the Lord had promised through the man of God when Jeroboam stood beside the altar at the festival. 
Then Josiah turned and looked up at the tomb of the man of God who had predicted these things. What is that monument over there? Josiah asked. And the people of the town told him, It is the tomb of the man of God who came from Judah and predicted the very things that you have just done to the altar at Bethel. And Josiah replied, Leave it alone. Don't disturb his bones. So they did not burn his bones or those of the prophet from Samaria. Think about what he just did. He took up an altar. He burned the shrine. And then he took some bones, human bones, and he burned them on that altar. And when you do that, you desecrate that altar and render it ineffective. Can't be used again. And then he says, what are those bones over there? He said, that's the bones of the man of God that spoke 300 years ago what you just did. So let's look at that. Let's go back in time 300 years. Now, where are we in 300 years? Remember, Remember after we had first Saul, and then we had David, and then we had Solomon. And after Solomon, remember, remember the kingdom split into two kingdoms, Jeroboam and Rehoboam. They were brothers, but they began to fight, and they split the kingdom. Jeroboam was the stronger of the two, and that's what this is concerning. 1 Kings chapter 13, let's look at the story. It's an amazing story. At the Lord's command, a man of God from Judah went to Bethel, arriving there just as Jeroboam was approaching the altar to burn incense. Then, at the Lord's command, he shouted, O altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. A child named Josiah will be born into the dynasty of David. On you, he will sacrifice the priests from the pagan shrines who come here to burn incense, and human bones will be burned on you. That same day, the man of God gave a sign to prove the message. He said, the Lord has promised to give this sign. This altar will split apart and its ashes will be poured out on the ground. When King Jeroboam heard the man of God speaking against the altar at Bethel, he pointed at him and shouted, seize that man. But instantly the king's hand became paralyzed in that position and he couldn't pull it back. At the same time, a wide crack appeared in the altar and the ashes poured out. Just as the man of God had predicted in his message from the Lord. And the king cried out to the man of God, Please ask the Lord your God to restore my hand again. So the man of God prayed to the Lord and the king's hand was restored and he could move it again. Is that not amazing? 300 years before Josiah was born. God spoke through this man at this place, at Bethel. And I don't know if you caught it, but the man of God did not even speak to the king. He said he spoke to the altar. He said, oh, altar, altar. He began to prophesy to a stone altar. This is what's going to happen on this altar. All those who are disobeying God and sacrificing all this stuff to false gods, the priests who are doing that, 
they're going to be killed and burned right here. And when Jeroboam heard that, he struck out his, stuck out his hand and said, seize him. And, and he, he became paralyzed. Isn't it interesting how one moment he's ready to kill the man of God and the next moment he's begging for him to pray for him. Oh, how quickly we turn. When he thought, I'm going to be paralyzed the rest of my life. Now, would you please pray for me? And he did. Do you know Josiah that we just read about in 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles? He's the only king named Josiah. God knew him by name. And I just want to say to you, before you were ever born, God knew your name. Before you were ever born, God had a plan for your life. Psalms 139 says all of your days were planned out from the, from the beginning. God knew you. He knew the plan that he had for your life. And God knows your name. It's an amazing thing to understand how that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And there are some people in this room, I know you think, well, you know, I just feel like I'm just kind of making it through every day. And you don't seem to have a purpose or a plan or a reason or why am I here. I just want you to know your plan is determined by your choice to follow God. That's what determines your destiny. If you will seek God, God will show you your destiny. Now, did Josiah have a choice? I believe he had a choice. I believe everybody has a choice. And thanks be to God, he made the choice to seek after God at 8 years old, at 16 years old, at 20 years old, at 26 years old, all his life. He had a hunger and a thirst for God and to direct his nation back to God. I'm praying for that for our country. That we would have a nation and leaders starting at the top and going all the way down. That we would have leaders who would have a heart to come back to God. Who would honor the Lord. And if, if, if leaders resist, God is working behind the scenes. To remove those who would resist his plan and to put in people who will follow his plan. I'm not professing I understand or know exactly what's going on, but I do know God is in charge. He's in control. God is working behind the scenes. And just like Josiah was known 300 years before he was ever born, God knows your name. He knows your life. And let's say you've messed up your life totally. Let's say you've made all kinds of terrible choices. God still has a good plan for your life. That's the amazing thing about God. God can take your life right now, today, 
take all of the messes and the mistakes and the wrong choices you've made, and He can turn all of those and work those into His plan. He can even take your mistakes and use them to teach others not to make the same mistake. But the key is, will you seek to walk after God? Will you make a choice today to say yes? The last thing I I see in Josiah's life, and that is, as you obey God's word, you fulfill your destiny. You know, it was... If you read in the lines there, when we read that story about him uh, burning the bones and all that, it's not like somebody came up to Josiah and said, Josiah, you were born to do great things, and by the way, uh, you were born to go do this and this and this and this. No. He just read in God's Word that false gods were an offense to God, And that there should be no other places of worship to false gods. And he needed to get rid of those places. So when he went to that place at Bethel, he wasn't trying to build a name for himself. He wasn't trying to say, oh, I'm I'm going to create a great legacy. He was just doing what he thought was the right thing. He was just obeying God's word. And I want to say to you, Stop trying to make a name for yourself. Just obey God's word. Just do the right thing because it's the right thing. And in doing the simple task that you have to do every day, you will fulfill the destiny of God in your life. You know, I think about Hilkiah was given the task of cleaning up the temple and getting it going. How many of you know that was probably a pretty yucky, dirty, messy job? Closed up for some 52 years and all kinds of defiled things in there. That was probably a pretty yucky job. But in the process of doing something that was pretty unpleasant, he discovers the word of God that turns the heart of the king and the whole nation is set on a new course. So I just want to say sometimes you just doing the normal things. That you have to do. You know, it doesn't have to be like some big spiritual thing. It's just do what you need to do. You know, the most spiritual thing you may need to do today is just love your kids. And pay your bills. And do simple things that may not look big and strategic and spiritual... But just do the things that you need to do every day. And in doing that, you will fulfill the destiny of God. Josiah is doing the things he thinks he needs to do. And as he does it, the people say to him, what you just did was spoken by a prophet 300 years earlier. He didn't find out about that till after he did it. And so I say to you, understand that God is at work in your life. And another thing I think about, 
You know, you don't necessarily need, quote, a word from God to, uh, in order to fulfill your destiny. You just need to do what you need to do. I hear a lot of people, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for a word from God. Well, I'm going to get a word from God on this. Well, I want to tell you, you've already gotten a good word. <laughs> you've got a lot of words from God. And if we would just do the simple word of God as it is written, you will fulfill your destiny. So don't chase and run all over the place trying to find another word. Well, do you have a, and I have this occasionally, people say, do you have a word from the Lord? Yes, I do. Read the Bible. (laughs) Have you got something spiritual sounding? Yeah, be sure and eat today. Be sure and go to sleep tonight. Uh, Take care of your kids. And by the way, go to work tomorrow. You know, everybody's looking for something spiritual. Something, you know, they want to look spiritual and sound spiritual, but I want to tell you, just doing what you need to do every day, you will fulfill the destiny of God. And in the process of doing the things you need to do, one day you'll wake up and realize, oh my goodness, I have fulfilled the destiny that God had for me. Just blessing people, being a blessing to other people, caring for people who are hurting, reaching out to people who are desolate and discouraged. In doing those things, you will fulfill the destiny of God for your life. And you don't need a word from God, from some prophet, for you to do those things. Now, I will say this. Occasionally, a word from the Lord to encourage you, to build you up, is great. And that's where we have a word of prophecy. Occasionally, God will give us a word of prophecy from somebody. It's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's the purpose. Sometimes we're a little discouraged and despondent, and sometimes somebody will speak a word, and it's a very encouraging word. That's good. Nothing wrong with that. But it doesn't direct your life. You don't set your life trying to do things according, quote, a word from the Lord. So if you are looking for a word from the Lord, I have a good word from the Lord for you. One would be in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. It says, As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. That's a good word. What is the the day of salvation? When do you need to be saved? How about today? How about now? Today is the day of salvation. When you sense God speaking to your heart, today God is saying respond to what God is saying. I have another good word. It's in Acts chapter 4. He's responding. He says, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed By the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised up from the dead. For the 
Jesus is the one referred to in the Scriptures where it says the stone that the builder rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. That's a good word from the Lord. There is salvation only in the name of Jesus. And the last good word that I have for you, and that is Philippians chapter 2. Therefore, God has exalted him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's the word of the Lord. That every day, today, is the day of salvation. Bow your heads. God has a plan for your life. He knew your name long before you were ever born. He probably knew your name and his plan for your life at least 300 years before you were born. That means before this nation was created, God had you named. There was a place and a time for you to be born and a purpose for your life. And today, maybe, maybe you've messed up that plan. Maybe you've squandered the opportunities you've had. The great news with God is that today, behold, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you can turn your life around by giving your heart and your life to Jesus. Today is the day for you to start over in your life and say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I turn my life over to you. God is ready to take the past and put it behind you and say today becomes the first day of your new life in Christ. Salvation is not by works. It is only by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It's in Him and Him alone. You can't add to the finished work of Christ. And I thank you, Lord, that you brought people to this building today for such a time as this. That in your divine wisdom, in your divine timing, you brought people here today to this building. As they heard about the life of Josiah, they realized that you, you have a plan for their life. And you're calling them. You're wooing them, drawing them come to you to turn their life to you and let you Lord make them a brand new person I'm going to ask every person in this room if you would just if you wouldn't mind just stand to your feet worship team is going to sing a song we sang earlier
Oh, come to the altar. Come to the altar. The blood of Jesus offers forgiveness. I want you to consider as they sing if you would be willing to give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ today can erase all the junk in your past life and you can begin over again don't let the enemy rob you of a brand new life would you come today and say today I want to start over I want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life they're going to sing I'm going to ask you to meet me right down here if you would be willing to come and say yes Lord I want a new life Anybody, you just make your way out of your seat and come to the front and say, Lord, I want to start over today. I want to give my life to you. I want to turn my life over to Jesus Christ. Would you come? Anybody, would you respond to his call to your life? Would you come? Anybody? Yes. Thank you, young man, young lady. Anybody else? Children? Any children? Thank you for coming, young lady. Come on, anybody else? Any other children? You want to come? Hey, sweetheart. How you doing, sweetie? These are your children. Anybody else? Any other children? Thank you for coming. Anybody else? We're going to wait a minute. Yes. Other children, some other people. Anybody else? You want to come and turn your life around and say, I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Anybody else? The other children, any other teenagers? Young people, it doesn't matter how old you are. You want to turn your life around and say, yes, I want a brand new life in Christ. Yes. Adults and children, I just want to say this. This is a pivotal moment where you make a decision. Now, understand what happens. This doesn't have anything to do with joining a church. This is asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart and forgive you of all of your sin. And then, by His Holy Spirit, He forgives you of all of your sin. And then He does an amazing thing. The Bible says that He actually gives you a new heart. Ezekiel 36 says He takes out the old heart and puts in a new heart. And then he puts his Holy Spirit into you. It's amazing. And you will never be the same. If you're making a sincere commitment to the Lord, no matter how old you are, you will never be the same. I was the age of some of these young people, some of these children here today, when I gave my heart and life to Jesus, my life has never been the same. So these children are well old enough to know what it means. So 
No matter how old you are, it's a decision of surrender. And I always say that. It's like rolling up the white flag of surrender. Saying, I surrender to you, Lord. My life now belongs to you. Thank you, young man. Important decision. Okay. Okay, everybody with me? We're going to pray. Understand? We're going to believe God to do his heart surgery in your heart. Gonna just if you don't mind, if you just kind of just just raise up your hands as an act of surrender, and we're just gonna pray out loud. Out there, y'all can pray with us. Pray with me. Lord, I confess I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. I've messed up my life. I've gone the wrong way. And I ask you to forgive me. I accept the blood of Jesus as the forgiveness for my sin. Cleanse me. Forgive me. Make me whiter than snow. Take out my old heart. Put in a new heart. Change my mind. My thoughts. Give me a brand new life. Today, Lord, I am born again by the Holy Spirit. I will never be the same. Teach me, Lord, how to walk in your ways and to become a new person in Christ. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.